Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, lovely people. How are you feeling this week? Real talk, I'm actually doing not too hot because I have a sinus infection right now, but otherwise I'm doing just grand. But how are you doing in your dating lives? Are you feeling worn out or weary at all? I'm hoping that if you're feeling a bit discouraged, that today's episode will help to encourage you that your singleness is not a disease. You are worthy of something incredible, friend. You are a phenomenal human being that was created for such amazing purpose. And I just want you to know, I'm so grateful for all of you. Please continue to reach out to me. It warms my heart so much. And write reviews. Oh, it makes me just so grateful and thankful each time. Also, send us a DM on Instagram too at at heartofdating. I love connecting with each one of you. So today, our guest is Stephanie Mae Wilson, who is a brand new friend of mine who really instantly became a soul sister. Our stories and journeys are so similar, and she is so passionate about singles, and I love it. So Steph is an author, blogger, speaker, and a best friend to so many. And in fact, she hosts the incredible podcast, Girls' Night, which I had the honor and privilege of being on a few weeks ago. It's so much fun. Her greatest mission is to help others have awesome relationships, relationships with God, with friends, with significant others, with work, and an awesome relationship with yourself above all. Hallelujah, you guys, right? Steph has been a leader in women's ministry for eight years and has walked thousands of women through navigating their relationships with themselves and others. Let me just tell y'all, she is filled with some incredible wisdom. Truly, she is so well-spoken and filled with vibrancy and encouragement. It's so fun. So today we talk about singleness. Why are we single? How do we have faith when everything seems so discouraging and bleak? How do we persevere and not grow weary? We also talk about how we can use this time well, because I'm honestly confident that this season can be one of the very best of your lives. Okay, friends. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the lovely Stephanie Mae Wilson. Okay, Stephanie, girl, I just love this right now. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I love this. It's so fun because I feel like we are long lost friends. Like we've known each other for so long, even though in reality, we met over the internet and our first conversation was like a month and a half ago, right? I feel the exact same way. I'm like, how are we... How were we? How were we not friends before this? And I'm so glad that we now get to just catch up and make up for lost time. And I love that girl because it's kind of bringing up that you actually have a podcast called Girls Night. Oh yes! Oh my gosh! Podcasting is so much fun. I I feel like you know I thought about starting a podcast forever, and I don't know why I didn't do it sooner because it really is hanging out with your girlfriends and recording it or hanging out with, you know, wonderful wise people and, and getting to share those conversations with people. I'm like, okay, why was I not on this train sooner? It's right? the best. It's so much fun. And that's what I tell people about podcasting it. You know, I only started this podcast back in March of this year, which seems like crazy, but in a year ago, I would have never known anything about starting a podcast and I didn't know anything about starting a podcast, but it's so fun to just even have these conversations and to connect with people that maybe you wouldn't have never met in real life or or otherwise. So I absolutely love it. Oh, me too. It's so good. 
Um, and so I'm so excited today about our conversation because obviously we're going to dive right into dating. But as I understand it, you are happily married and you've been so for a few years now, right? Yes. Okay. So this is so crazy. I cannot believe you, like it feels like I've been, it feels like I've known my husband forever. It also yeah. feels like it's been 45 seconds since oh we've been married. Gosh. So it's, it's crazy. So we've been married for almost four and a half years now. Oh my is, goodness. That's, that's real life. Like that's you, forever. You know, I, I would be like, well, we're new at this. You know, we're newlyweds, whatever. We're like, I don't know if we count as newlyweds anymore. We're like fully married. You were like, like in it. You are in the groove. You've seen all the best, all the worst, all the things. And now you're just living life. You're probably in a really good motion. You're like, yeah, you're definitely past the newlywed stage. Even if I don't even know what, how many years counts as newlyweds, but I don't, I don't either. I don't either. But yeah, One, it's, two, it's so yeah. crazy that it's been so long. Yes. That's so incredible. And so you have, I just remember in our conversation too, when we uh, talked about a month and a half ago, we had so many parallels in our stories and different things. And I loved that. And so you are happily married now, but you certainly have a journey of getting to this point of being happily married after many years of being single and frankly, possibly, you know, even growing a little bit weary in singleness and a little bit like, what is going on? And I know so many of the listeners, men and women are frankly, growing weary in their singleness as well. And so I just kind of want to dive into that subject today because I feel, Stephanie, that you just have so much light and wisdom to bring to people about um, claiming truth over the singleness season. And I know that so many people are feeling weary. And I know this because I have conversations with them and they're writing about it. And so I just really want to dive into talking about how we can conquer being weary in singleness and really talk about like, why are we even single? I, oh my gosh, I love that. Well, and I love talking about this because, you know, um, my, I, so like you, like you said, I have a podcast and I'm an author and I'm a speaker and like my specialty for the last almost decade has been helping 20 and 30 something women navigate their most important relationships. And so, I mean, you know, in my community, we talk about uh, our relationships with God, our relationships with friends, our relationships with our calling and our work and with ourselves. But we talk a ton about singleness and dating and engagement and marriage because, um, these, these areas of our lives are so important and they're also really tricky to navigate. And exactly like you said, you know, I've been married for, for almost four and a half years now, but I remember my season of being single, like it was yesterday. I mean, it was such an important season in my life. It was a really hard season. It was a transformational season. Um, I feel like my season of dating, like, I feel like I had every dating experience in the book. Um, I just got to, you know, have a taste of it all, which was tough at times, but also awesome because I feel like I can relate to so many women. I learned so much along the way. And so I love getting to, you know, pass any, anything that I learned from people who were ahead of me or people who are wiser than me or, you know, learned really the hard way, um, mm-hmm. onto everyone else who's, you know, no matter what season you're in, I, I love getting to navigate it together. So you said why, why we're single in the first yeah, place. I think that'd be like a really cool place to start talking just like, cause I feel like people are like, well, why are we even single? And if we, we have this whole term of singleness and single be our single season, but why are we single in the first place? What does that even mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that the, the place that feels most important to me to start is um, by saying why we're not single. Mm. Like the reason that we're single is not because we're not good enough yeah. or because God is punishing us or because we've failed in some way or because we're too much or beca- because we're unlovable. And I think that the, those are the lies that we all believe or those are the lies that feel so 
hard to combat when, when we are single. Um, and so I feel like that's a really important place to start. Um, that's, that's not why we're single. We're not single because we're not good enough. Um, and I think that there, you know, as I was thinking through it, I think that there are kind of three, three reasons that we're single. And obviously there's more than this, but I picked three. Yeah, Um, I love it. One of the things, um, is because this is where God has us right now. Mm. Um, I found this quote from Matt Chandler a couple days ago and I love it. He says, um, isn't it great? So, um, so uh, he says, I'm not single because I'm too spiritually unstable to deserve a husband or too spiritually mature to need one. I'm single because God is good and, and because this is his best for me. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. Like sometimes, you know, depending on where we are in life, like for a lot of us, that's the case. You know, God is in the process of doing something. He's teaching us something. He, um, he's, he's working in our lives. He's growing us. And so the, the reason we're single is because this is what God has for us right now. It's not because he's punishing us or because he forgot about us. It's because there's something to be gained in this season. Oh, um, yes. I really love that. That is so good. And I feel like every time we talk about singleness, everyone brings up Paul, right? And in 1 Corinthians 7.35, it says, I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. And when I read that and really kind of break it down, I'm like, okay, so if I'm really reading this seriously and taking it in, it really means that singleness is a time for our own benefit, to promote goodness and good order at, for the kingdom of God with undivided devotion to the Lord, as he says. And I think that's so critical for us. Yes, it's such a good thing. And like, okay, speaking of good things, mm. um, another reason that I think we're single is because we're not just looking for someone, we're looking for the right one. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there are so many, there are so many reasons that we're single that we forget to celebrate. Like people forget to celebrate the fact that a lot of times the reason we're single is because we've broken up with someone who didn't treat us well, or because we're holding out to meet someone that is really a good fit for us. We're not looking to just get married. That's not the goal. We're looking for, for the right connection, the right relationship, something that's going to be really good and beneficial and long lasting. Um, a lot of times we're single because we've been focusing on school or on our awesome career or, um, you know, on, um, you know, really focusing on our time with God. I think that there are a lot of reasons that we, that we're single for a season or for, for longer, um, that we should really be celebrating. And I think we forget to celebrate those facts. Like, um, when, when we're single, because we've been really independent or because we've been, you know, pouring ourselves out for ministry or for our work or, you know, going to school or all these different things. We just, that's a lot of the reason, um, I think that for a lot of us, that's the reason why we're single because we've been busy doing other really awesome things. And I think that it, it stinks that we don't celebrate that more, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He so, wants so, to use us in this time. That's like a critical part of it is like, this is a time to be used and used well. And I know we're going to talk about that, but I love that you bring that up. Yeah, for sure. Um, I actually had a girl who I um, lead in my community and, and she said something along the lines of like, why can't my people be proud of me for choosing to be single and, and for doing what I've done with my life in ministry or professionally, instead of looking down on it. Mm. Um, and I just, that was so powerful and profound to me. Like we forget that, um, that being in a relationship is not the only great thing. And, and that we just forget to celebrate some of the other things that people have been doing and um, that might have, you know, kept them away from pursuing a relationship, but they're pursuing something really worthwhile. And we forget about that. I, I love that so much, girl, because I 
you know, a pastor brought this up to me one time and actually is in a previous interview, but he, he said that unfortunately as a church, we don't make it a very great place to celebrate singleness. We like to celebrate families and, you know, a new baby and engagement and marriage and all these things that have to do with getting married and having a family, which are all amazing things to celebrate. But those are the biggest celebrations we have. When was the last time we really stuck our necks out to celebrate our single friends, you know, and celebrate the single people around us and what they're doing. And so we don't really cultivate this culture in the church in many ways of like actually embracing the celebration of singleness. Yes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I feel like we could talk about that forever. I completely yeah. agree. Oh my gosh. Um, the, only, the third reason I was thinking about though, and this is something I love talking about in my community is um, I think that sometimes there are some things that are happening in our single or dating life or in our hearts or in our lives or mindsets that we have that are holding us back from getting in relationships. And I love coaching people through these things because um, they're really like small mindset shifts or, you know, a st- like strategies, ideas, things that change everything. Like some of them are, I think, for a lot of us, we're scared of talking to the opposite, opposite sex. Like we just don't know how, mm, um, so or we're kind of waiting for God to drop our person from the sky and it hasn't happened. And we're not sure why, or we're focused on marriage so much that we're sort of crushing our relationships. We're putting too much pressure on it. Um, or we're not in a healthy place ourselves. So we don't really have the, the ability to seek a healthy relationship in this season. I just think there are a lot of different, um, components or, or kind of, um, things that, that we may be believing that might not be the most helpful for our, for our single and dating lives. And I love talking about these things because they're really like small shifts, you know, and I think we're going to talk about some of them coming up too. Yeah. I heard this quote recently that in the end, we should be more concerned about the status of our souls and the status of our relationships. And I think that's from Ben Stewart. And I loved that because all the things you're saying can be unhealthy distractions to like the point of singleness in our lives and, and what, why it's so beautiful and why we can actually celebrate it and cultivate it for something that's truly amazing for the kingdom. And in a time where we can be truly devoted to Jesus without distraction. Yes. Yes. Mm. Absolutely. So, okay. So how can we really in the season of singleness, now that we've like kind of established why we're single and why, you know, biblically God does charge us for a time of singleness for our own good to actually make a difference as Paul says. So how can we quote unquote, wait well and steward this time of singleness really in a productive way? Um, that's such a good question. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but singleness can be really hard. The season of waiting can be really hard. And and it definitely was for me. I feel like, you know, watching my friends get into relationships, if that doesn't like, I feel like that puts anxiety in our hearts, you know, because all of a sudden we're looking at the people, you know, to our sides and they're running way faster than us. And we're like, yes. you know, it just, gosh, I felt behind. Yeah, <laughs> um, totally. I think, you know, I, I found myself looking around at like every guy I would meet and being like, are you my husband? I call those hungry eyes. <laughs> like, oh my every, gosh. That reminds me of that dead. song from the movie Dirty Dancing or like, you know, hungry eyes. I don't know why I'm singing right now. That's totally embarrassing, but. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Speaking of embarrassing, I, I was like, what song is that? I don't know this song. Kate, I have to tell you, this is oh like, random fact about me I do not ever know the lyrics to songs and so I think maybe I thought the words were hold me now I I mean I I like getting lyrics wrong so that's yeah no it's like the scene (laughs) between the two of them in Dirty Dancing one of my favorite movies but it's like hungry eyes and it was a big like song back in the day but as soon as you said that I'm like it's so true we have like hungry eyes for other people but it also like cued that song (laughs) 
like, oh my gosh. And then if I knew any song lyrics to any song, I totally would have gotten your reference. But I'm like, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ladies, we can't, and gents, let's just not have all the hungry eyes for everyone in our sight. Okay. For real. For real. Um, so yeah, I think that like the season of waiting can be really hard. And it's it's hard. It's frustrating because we have a you know, we have some control over our dating lives. We do. Um, but you know, we don't we don't know the timeline of our lives. We don't know how long it's, you know, we're in a season of waiting. We have no idea how long it's going to last. Um, I, for me, I was worried, like, is this ever going to happen? Like, I really wanted to share my life with someone and the process of waiting was really hard. And, um, so for me, I know that I was so focused on that Mm. in a lot of ways. It was all I could think about. I was missing a lot of the things that were currently going on in my life because that was, I could only think about the things that I didn't have. Um, And so when it comes to waiting well, a realization that I had after spending a lot of time with hungry eyes and feeling lonely and feeling frustrated that this wasn't happening for me and it was happening for everybody else, I realized, like, I started thinking about the word trust and what trust would look like. Um, So the mental image that I got was being on a roller coaster. And I feel like if you trust the fact that you're going to get off that roller coaster safe and sound you probably have your hands up in the air, your eyes open, you're laughing, you're smiling, you're screaming because it's fun. Um, you're like really enjoying the roller coaster ride. If you aren't sure that you're going to make it to the end of the roller coaster, or like if you if you're not trusting of the situation, your eyes are going to be closed. You know, you're going to be screaming. Your hands are going to be death gripping the bar in front of you. <laughs> yeah. And I realized like that's what I was doing in my single life. I was wow. death gripping it. Mm. Um, and that's I realized like that the posture of my heart, the way I'm living my day to day, the things I'm focusing on, the opportunities I'm taking, the joy I'm like, you know, I'm experiencing, I'm not showing that I trust God. If you look at my life, I'm like the girl with her eyes squeezed shut, white knuckling the roller coaster, um, for my dating life. And so I really just decided that like, I wanted, you know, we get one wild and precious life. And I realized that I had this one season, um, of where I was in my twenties and I had no idea, you know, I mean, I, I had no idea when I would get married, how long the season would last, but I decided whether it lasted, you know, another year or forever, I wanted to have my hands up and I wanted to have my eyes open. And I wanted to really be trusting that God was good and that he had me. And I wanted to be living life to the full. And so I think that to me, that's what waiting well looks like. It's, it's living in a way where we are demonstrating with our life that we actually trust that God loves us and that he's good. Um, I think it's really like waiting well is living well. I think they're the exact yeah. same thing. Um, and then if it's at some point, you know, a relationship intersects our living well, that's amazing. And actually something that I've really found, and I found this in my own life, and you know, I've talked to thousands of women about this at this point, is that when we're living our single season well, that actually sets us up so much better to meet someone great because we're out in the world, we're doing fun things, we're uh, we're confident, we're yep. passionate, you know, we have things going on in our lives. That's how we meet someone great and catch their eye when we do. And and actually those things, when I really started to live my single season well. That's really what has set me and my sweet husband, Carl, up for for marriage. Like so many of the good parts of our marriage, I can trace back to decisions we made when we were really living well when we were single. And so, I I mean, I think living well and and waiting well are are the same thing. Girl, I love everything you're saying about trusting too. And and using this season and waiting well really means living well. And I think what you're saying is so critical about also becoming an interesting person. This is a time where we can figure out 
so much about ourselves, have our own interests, and like kind of answer the burning questions on our hearts. I'm like, what do we think about the world? What do we think about the questions that are happening in society, about the things that are going on in our current nation or in the world at large? Like, this is an amazing time to seek a lot of knowledge, to kind of learn and grow and be interesting. Like, I I love that. Like, don't just be a person that's sitting and waiting for someone else to complete you. Find what is amazing, what makes you you, what sets your soul on fire and use that for the glory of the kingdom. And that's something we can so do when we're waiting well, living well, as you're saying. And I I just love that. Well, and the thing about being interesting is that like, you know, I think a lot of times if we're, if we're not living that way, what in the world do you share on a first date? Like what in the world do you talk about? You know, or, um, you don't have anything to, to bring the other person into, you know, it's, we, we have this image of like introducing this great new guy to all of our friends, but we're not investing in our friends. So who are we going to introduce this great new guy to, or, Mm. you know, we want to meet a guy through our great community, but we're not involved in a great community. So how would that happen? Or, um, you know, my husband on our very first date, he took me to, we were living by a lake at the time. Um, and he took me to his favorite spot by the, by the lake. That was kind of our first date. It was really casual, but it was really cute. And he didn't like, I, when I think about this, I always think about that spot because Carl was living. So he, he was living his own life. He had this wonderful life and that was his spot. And because he had that spot, when I came into his life, he got to take me there. Yeah. Um, and I think we get to like show people around our lives when we have really full and interesting lives. And that's what makes the relationship so fun and interesting and captivating. But if we don't have those different things going on in our lives, we don't have anything to, to share with somebody. Oh, it's so true. And then it becomes boring too. You're like, you want to be such an interesting person because you want to have your own interests, your own desires and aspirations so that you can like share those with someone else and you guys can bond in those together. And then you have a plethora of new interests and things to do and, and things to discover together that makes it so much more fun and exciting. Yes. So, okay. I love all that you're saying about, um, waiting well, living well, and, so what are, I are going to kind of make this a little practical. Do you have some really practical, tangible things that you believe we can do as singles in this season to enjoy and grow closer to the Lord during this time? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's like, um, a combination of a bunch of, of little things. Yeah. I think that, um, it's cultivating a daily practice of spending time with him. It's mm-hmm. actually reading the Bible. I think it's amazing to me how many of us believers haven't don't really know our way around the Bible. We, we yeah. haven't really spent very much time in there. Mm. Um, the Bible is a love letter from God to us mm. and also an instruction manual. You yeah. know, it tells us so much about how to live life well. God is absolutely the expert in how to do that. And I'm just amazed at that every single time I open up his word. And so I think that that's part of it. Like really getting into a rhythm where you're, where you're investing in your relationship with him on a regular basis. Um, I think it's, you know, really getting involved in church. It's joining a small group. Um, one of the things that, you know, I talk about on my podcast is uh, friendship and yeah. I am amazed at how many of us are feeling lonely and disconnected and longing for Christian community yet. We're not in a small group. Yeah. And that's so crazy because there are churches all over the country with wonderful small group programs. And all we have to do is send, you know, so-and-so's like, you know, the email uh, letter to the email on the screen to tell them, Hey, I'm interested. And then we're in, and that's a built in way of meeting people. And we just sort of forget about it. Um, so I think that's like, you know, a great way to connect with the Lord is to connect with, um, a community of believers. 
And um, I think cultivating deep community is really what it is. It's cultivating and it's like gardening, right? And gardening takes time. So you don't just like plant some seeds and they grow overnight. So you have to keep going back and you have to keep investing in people and really choosing to make that a priority because I hear so many people who are like, I just can't find good community. And it really takes some time as well. And you have to really invest in it just like gardening and keep with it and be diligent in, in that time. And you can do that. That's the beauty of singleness is we have the time to do that. Yes, absolutely. When I first moved to Nashville, I didn't know anybody. I was totally out of my comfort zone, out of my element. I had no friends here. And um, I started going to a small group. That was the first step I took. And it was really smart. But I will say that for the first six months, I did not want to go. And I did not connect with anyone at first. And I felt so uncomfortable. And every Wednesday, it was a fight to get me to go. And But actually, I stuck it out. And six months in, it turned into this amazing community. Mm -hmm. It was like something shifted. We had finally been together long enough that something really shifted. And I made best friends in that group. And so, I mean, it really is like joining anything new isn't comfortable, but when we really stick it out and keep investing and keep um, tending it, like you're talking about, we really get to see fruit from it. So that's another thing. Um, I think another thing is like, speaking of time, really serving and whether that's here in the States or whether that's overseas, like getting involved with God, partnering with God to serve his people is amazing. Something that I did a lot when I was single was actually missions. Um, I traveled all over the world. I actually did a a trip where I went to 11 countries around the world um, for a year. And it was really one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. I grew so much as a person. I got to know God so much better. I got to see him do amazing things in the world and partner with him in doing those. And I mean, it's things like that that we can do when we're single. And, and I think, I think a lot of times, you know, our lives are so comfortable and cushy and predictable here in the States. I think sometimes getting out of our comfort zone, we're able to see God in a whole new way, just because we're not quite so distracted. Um, Mm -hmm. and so really that's a really tangible thing I did that I would recommend to everybody is just get uncomfortable, serve, serve his people in some way, whether that's here or abroad, but that'll take your relationship with him and with so many people, the people you meet so much deeper. And girl, I love that you're bringing it up because that's something recently that has been so on my heart and something that the Lord keeps putting on my heart is Isaiah 58 and really his call that we need to have a heart for the fatherless, the widowed, the poor, the oppressed. And if we don't, then we're not really loving him the best that we can. And he calls us to that. Like he really, really does. And that's been so struck in my heart. And I've been trying to encourage people just so much that, especially in singleness, but whether, regardless of the season, find something that is passionate to you, pray about it. I know we can't change all the world issues all at one time, but pray about what's maybe on your heart or what you might have a passion for and go out and do that because God really wants us to. Like that is how we can serve and love him to the very best of our ability is to care for the oppressed and the people who don't, you know, who, who need love and care and direction and, and, you know, they're someone encouraging in their life. So I, I love, 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 love that you say that because when we are single, that is such a time to be able to use that, the extra space in our life and the margin in our life to actually invest in the serving of the kingdom. And it's so funny because I love that you say that. I love the way that you explain that because um, something that I've found is when we're wanting to date, like this goes two ways. When we're wanting to date, the things that we do to put ourselves out there, like, so one of the thoughts that I had was yes to everything you're saying. Also, that's a great way to meet somebody. And the thing I love about it is that like, the things that we're doing, you know, if, if you are trying to meet someone and you decide to volunteer and join a team and take a class and get involved in a singles co-ed group at church, 
those are great ways to meet another person. Those things will also enrich your life like crazy and your relationship with the Lord and your relationship with community. And then the, the opposite is true. Also, when we're really investing in our single lives, when we're doing all those same things, but for the, you know, for the purpose of really investing in ourselves, that's also a really great way to meet somebody. And so it's like living well kills two birds with one stone. You know, it makes our single lives and our faith and our connection with our community so much deeper and our dating lives and our future marriages so much better. It's all tied together. Oh, it's all tied together. Oh my gosh, I love that. And and also just as you're speaking, this also came to mind another way to serve is to also you know, serve our younger generation too. And that's so important. Like seek out mentorship for our younger generation as well. Like get your own mentor and that'd be amazing. We all should have one, but also seek out mentorship for younger people because that that is where, you know, the livelihood is, is within the younger generation. And we're called to raise up disciples of nations and raise up our younger generation. And in singleness with that extra time, it's an amazing time to like, okay, I can invest in a high school student or someone younger than myself and have weekly meetings with them or whatever it is. And spend time mentoring them. I mean, I think that is something so valuable. Like the younger generation, it's like when you go like watch a sports game, right? Like a sports game is not going to be a controlled sports game without a coach. Everyone needs a coach in their life in some way, shape or form. And so we can use this time and what we're learning and all this amazing time spent with Jesus to actually shower that in servitude to our younger generation as well. Yes. I love that. So cool. Doesn't it feel like Steph and I are in our pajamas watching a rom-com on Netflix and having this amazing conversation? It is so much fun. Okay, so in the land of podcasting, you must be thinking, why do you hear so many podcasters asking for rankings and reviews? Well, I'm here to tell you because it truly helps us, you guys. It's actually a part of how we get discovered and how we can continue to spread the goodness and keep doing this every week. So I want to ask you today, if you've not written a review, would you consider doing us the honor of writing one? You can visit the main page of Heart of Dating Podcast on the Apple Podcasts, which is the purple podcast app on your phone. Scroll to the bottom where you see stars and then hit the box that says write a review. A recent listener, Mad Dog Kafaro, wrote, such good stuff. I don't even have enough good words. Raw and honest and so amazing. Oh my gosh, I am so honored that you feel impacted. Thank you so much. Oh. Okay, lastly, this episode is brought to you by our free webinar, How to Have a Healthy, Lasting Christian Relationship Without Losing Yourself, Experiencing Devastating Heartbreak, or Loathing the Process. Visit our Instagram or website at heartofdating.com to sign up for this free training. If you're feeling worn out or weary and have begun to hate this entire process, trust me, I hear you and I have been there. I have quite the dating past that took me on a journey of really figuring out my dating life. It took me years to rediscover a love for dating and figure out how to be in a healthy and lasting relationship. So I want to save you from going through the years of pain, heartbreak, and frustration that I went through. So I really hope you will join me for this free webinar by signing up at heartofdating.com. It's going to be so much fun, and I can't wait to share with you my secrets that I think will be such a game changer for you. Okay, now let's get back to this amazing conversation with Steph. Uh, All right, so girl, that's awesome. So I want to say this. I, you know, what I see so often and something that I've actually done quite often in the past, and especially I see women doing this, but people really get so excited about marriage, right? But sometimes they make it 
they get so excited that they kind of make it an idol in their lives as it's the, as if it's the one thing they're seeking after and wanting to happen. Right. So, and I'm sure you've experienced this and talked to women about this as well, or maybe even have done it in your own life. So how do you think that we can conquer getting excited about marriage without really making it an idol? Oh, that is such a good question. And yes, I absolutely a hundred percent did that. Um, so the first thing that that made me think of was, um, so that trip around the world that I told you about, that's something that I had wanted to do forever. And the second I heard about it and applied for it and got accepted for it, and was getting ready to go. I like, you know, the phrase, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was the other side of the fence. And I immediately started peering over and, and and looking at how amazing and fun and soft that grass looked and how green it was. And I felt like I was looking at my own season of being at home and, you know, the time I had before I left. And I was like, man, the grass over here is imperfect and brown. And like, I cannot wait to get to the other side. Well, so I got, I, you know, I, I left for the trip and the thing about traveling to 11 third world countries and living out of a backpack is that it's actually kind of hard. <laughs> and I hadn't pictured that from my other side of the fence. And so once I'm on this trip and living life in all these other countries, I'm all of a sudden realizing that I'm uncomfortable. Mm. And so I started, I found myself starting to think about what life would be like when I got home. Yeah. And so I'm thinking about like my shower at home and what I'm going to eat at home and all the things I'm going to do with my friends when I get home. And all of a sudden, I mean, I did this for probably two weeks until I realized, oh my gosh, I am missing it. Mm-hmm. I was peering over to the, like, I'd just gotten into the grass that I'd been peering over at forever. And then I realized life here wasn't perfect. And so I started looking over the fence again. And I realized like, not only was I in danger of missing this entire trip that was so amazing. How many people get an experience like that? Like it was an enormous gift. So not only was I in danger of missing that, I realized if I kept doing this, this was going to be a pattern in my life. Mm -hmm. I was going to feel dissatisfied with my current season, look over the fence and wait until I got there. And then once I got there, it would be imperfect because life is imperfect. And then I would start looking over the fence again. And I feel like I've seen a lot of my friends do this with marriage because we really, it really is so easy to make it an idol. It's so easy to think like, well, if I just was married, this wouldn't be an issue. Or, you know, if I could just have someone in my life, if I just had a boyfriend or if I just, you know, had someone to share my life with, I wouldn't feel this way. I wouldn't feel insecure or lonely or, you know, whatever. It's really easy to put all of our hopes and dreams on this one thing, looking at it to fulfill us. But the thing that I think so many of us see, if we do that with anything in our life is that those things are never, they're not meant to fulfill us. Yeah. Um, I've watched a lot of girlfriends feel really kind of bummed about marriage actually, which makes me so sad because marriage is amazing, but it's not supposed to be this like magic pill cure for everything in your life. And so instead of even just investing in their marriages, I've seen these friends now look over to the next side of the fence and say, well, when we have a baby, then I'll be happy. And it just, honestly, we miss it. it. It just never ends. And so, um, something that I really decided to start doing on that trip right there after I spent that two weeks daydreaming about going back home um, was I decided to to really start watering the grass under my feet mm-hmm. and really investing in being present and content and feeling joy and finding purpose and connection in the grass where I was standing because I had an idea that if I could cultivate that discipline now, I would be able to take it with me into all these future seasons. When I was a newlywed, I wouldn't be thinking, oh my gosh, well, when we only have a baby, I'd be thinking, I'm going to be a newlywed today and I love it. I'm going to invest in it like crazy until it's time for the next season. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing because we only like, God has so much to teach us in each season and the seasons build on each other. And so if we're really intentional about learning the lessons that we, that God has for us to learn and growing in the ways he has for us to grow, our future seasons are better because 
of the seasons they're built upon. And so anyway, that's something I really started doing in that season. And it served me so well in my relationships too. Um, it is just really investing in where we are right now. And so something really tangible that I did then that I actually did when I was, you know, um, single and, and, you know, waiting to meet my husband. So I got to do this on this trip and then also just in my relationships as well. Um, was something that I call, well, I call it the marriage box now. Ooh. <laughs> and I picture like one of those, um, uh, like shoe boxes that you decorate for Valentine's day in elementary school. Mm. Oh um, yes. I love those. Yes. Um, and so every time what I, I would do this on my, on my cell phone, when I was traveling, anytime I would think about something in the future that I was excited about, I would say, Hey, that's an amazing thing. It will be so much fun to see your mom again, but you know what? There are amazing things happening right now. And so let's write that down. And I would write the thing down that I was excited about in my phone. And I pictured taking it out of my head and sticking it in that little Valentine's day box, saving it for later. Like, I'm just going to save this for later. This is such a good thing. I'm not shaming myself for having this thought. I'm just saying, Hey, that's an awesome thing. That's going to be so much fun in the future when I get there. Okay. Now let's go back to enjoying today. Um, and so that's something that I, I, um, I mean, gosh, it helped me so much on that trip. And so when I got home, I had really lived that year so fully. And then because I'd done that, I didn't have any regrets about that season. And I was able to fully invest now that I was home again. And when I got home, I remember opening up my little, my little box, my, um, my note on my phone. And it was like, I was so excited to eat a bagel because I hadn't had a bagel for a year. I was like, Hey, I'm going to really soak in this yes, bagel because bagel. this is the season I can do it. You know, I mean, it was like, I just had a different appreciation for all the things I hadn't had yet. Mm. Um, and I think that we can do that when we're really focusing on the grass where we are. No season is perfect. Nothing is going to like marriage, kids, whatever the thing is. I think that things become an idol when we think that they're going to be the thing that fixes everything. Mm -hmm. There's green grass on every side of the fence and brown grass on every side of the fence. But I think that when we're really focusing on the grass under our feet and who God is in that moment to us, what he has to teach us. And when we're like laying back with a lemonade in our hand, watching the clouds go by, that is when um, we can really like, that's when we make the most of every moment of our life. And, and when it's time to go to the next season, we'll be able to do that then too. I love everything you're saying, girl, about the green grass and focusing on the green grass in your area because I think what so often happens is when we're focusing on the green grass in someone else's yard, we're focusing on it so much that so then our entire yard becomes brown, right? It's like when we don't actually, it's like, oh, and then we look back and you're like, oh, why is my yard look so crappy now? Oh, because I'm focusing on the green lawn of my neighbors instead of actually cultivating. Yeah. <laughs> you get to water your own lawn. And it's so true. And I think that actually is you know, when you make marriage an idol and when it's like the end all be all that you're like you said, there's always going to be another something that you want. It will never be fully completing you any step of the way. It's like, then you get married. Okay. Then you want kids, right? What can you do and cultivate with the lawn you have right now? And how green can you make it? How many gardens can you plant in it right now? And amazing flowers, right? It's like, you can make it an entire beautiful garden with what you have. But if you're focusing on your neighbors, you're just going to have ugly brown, lawn and no one wants the ugly brown lawn. lawn. <laughs> I can't well, even say I think the idea that like, um, and I've heard this a lot, like I've heard a lot of women say, Stephanie, I don't want to make the most of my single life because I don't want to be single. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's this idea that like, if we get comfy where we are, that God's going to be like, Oh, Oh, you're fine. Okay. I'm going to go give your husband to someone else. Mm. Like, okay, that is not how this works by getting comfy and by building, like, you know, planting a garden in your single life. That doesn't mean you're going to be there forever. It doesn't, you're not like putting off marriage or, um, you know, forgetting about it or something by investing in your single life. Like actually it really is, um, feel bad for the, all the birds I've killed today, but it really is killing two birds with one stone. Like that, 
like when you're, when a sweet guy is walking past that garden, he's going to be like, this is amazing. I want to be a part of this. And so the things you're doing to invest in your single life are the very same things that are going to set you up well for dating and for marriage in the future. Mm -hmm. It's all one in the same. And so, um, I just think we get, we get scared sometimes like, okay, don't get too comfortable here because then God will make us stay forever. And that is not how it works. (laughs) And also just something that you're saying that's reminding me is like, Also, make sure you're looking for someone else who has an equally green garden, like an awesomely green garden that they've tended to as well. You don't want to approach someone necessarily that like where their garden is extremely brown and yours is green, you know, like, and that doesn't mean you have to be exactly on the same playing field with every single thing. You just want to see someone who has actually cultivated their singleness well too. That's Mm -hmm. super important. And how powerful is that if you bring both your gardens together? Now you have like a, your own nursery. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not a gardener. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not even. Garden reference is all about today. We're like cultivating is like gardening. And then we're talking about law. I love it. It's like I have like four plants that are on the brink of death right now. Oh my gosh. And I live in LA. I don't even have any plants at all. And um, I've never had a garden. So neither. So anyway, glad everyone knows that we know what we're talking about. Okay. What you're bringing up also just reminds me of a really important topic, which is comparison. And it's so difficult as we grow older to not fall into the comparison game. And it's no easier in dating and especially in singleness. And the added layer that we all have now is now social media. So I kind of want to bring up, how have you personally struggled this with this either in your singleness or maybe even now in your marriage comparison as it relates to social media? Uh, oh my gosh. Yes. A hundred percent. I have totally struggled with this. It's um, so hard. The I, struggle is real. <laughs> right. I know. I'm like, okay, which example do I share? Um, you know, one of the times that really sticks out to me is when my husband Carl and I were dating and I was waiting for him to propose. And like there, you know, all seasons of relationships are beautiful and tricky all at the same time. But I found that season to be really hard because, um, we had talked about getting married like pretty quickly um, which meant that, and, and we didn't actually, I mean, it, I guess it depends on, on, you know, how you're measuring it, but we, I mean, we really didn't get married that quickly, which means I was waiting much longer than I had anticipated for him to propose. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was really hard, especially because we had a lot of friends who were around us all at the same time who, um, had started dating either after us or around the exact same time. And I watched one by one by one get engaged. Um, and it just, it was just so tricky and we all worked together. So I'm watching all these like engagements and engagement parties happen in my office, just wondering like, why is this taking so long? <laughs> um, and so a couple of things that I learned one around this time, because I was thinking about engagement and marriage so much, I was following like every single marriage wedding person ever on Instagram. Oh my gosh. And, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so, and I realized one day, like, okay, is this making this easier or harder. Yep. <laughs> it was really easy for me to Real see. Real talk, this we do this. So mm-hmm. much harder. Yes. Like, like, this is the I life not... I want, but wait, this is making me sad. Wait. Yeah. Well, and like, I mean, things like, you know, planning our weddings on Pinterest, like that's yep. not helping us stay in our own grass. That's totally. making the wait even harder. Like, mm-hmm. so I deleted my wedding board and <gasps> yes. I unfollowed all of these people from Instagram. Anyone who made me feel small or like I was falling behind or, um, like my timeline was off or something. I just did a mass unfollow and it was so helpful. Mm. There are just too many things in the world for us to be exposing ourselves to all of them. And they're just not all good for us in every season. Mm. Um, so that was huge. But then another thing, it was funny. So one of the couples, um, that, you know, was getting engaged on Christmas Eve, 
um, Carl and I, uh, I'm from Denver. He's from Indianapolis. And we each went home to our own houses, uh, for, for, uh, Christmas thinking it was probably going to be the last time that we were, you know, we'd be married in the next year or so. Um, and so on Christmas Eve, I just was feeling extra discouraged about engagement. I just was like, this is not ever going to happen. And on Christmas Eve, I get a text from one of those girlfriends and it is her and her now fiance smiling and she has the ring and they're on a cliff in California. And like, she's crying and she's like, Seth, look. And I wrote back like, I'm so happy for you. And then I burst into tears and I'm, I'm sitting at Christmas dinner next to my, I'm talking to my dad and I'm, and I'm honestly like crying into my dinner. He's like, Steph, what is wrong? I'm like, I just don't think it's ever going to happen. It's happening for everybody else. I don't understand. And I cannot believe my family held it together because the very next day, right before Christmas dinner, the doorbell rings, Carl is standing there and he proposed the very next day. Oh my gosh. So my family's like not good at keeping secrets. I cannot believe they didn't just like start laughing or tell me it was going to be fine and wink or something like that. But the thing that that showed me was our stories. I think we, we think that they're, I don't know. I don't know if this missile image is going to make sense, but like our stories are parallel lines, Mm -hmm. meaning like my story doesn't take away from your story. doesn't take away from somebody else's story. My Mm -hmm. love story with Carl was unfolding in the exact perfect time that it was supposed to, uh, for, for us, our relationship, our, our, life, the life we were cultivating, the decisions we were making. My story had nothing to do with that friend that got engaged the day before me. Um, her getting engaged didn't make it so that Carl wasn't going to propose the next day. He had right. always been planning on that. And so I think that like, you know, it's so easy to look over at other friends' relationships or to see people living life on social media or to see someone getting engaged and feeling like you're falling way behind. But it's like, no, our stories, our stories don't intersect in that way. No, we can't take away from each other's stories. We're our story is unfolding exactly as it should for us. Um, and someone else getting engaged doesn't make it less likely that you're going to. Um, and I had to find that out the hard way. (laughs) So girl, I love that you're saying that because what it makes me think of too is Matthew 14, 13, and he, where Jesus comes to feeds the 5,000 with from five loaves and two fish, right? Like it's this crazy, amazing miracle and everyone's so astounded. But the whole point of that story is to really show us that, God has an abundance for us and he can do so much with so little. And oftentimes on social media and comparing and watching other people who have gotten engaged or looking at all the dreamy starry eyed couples, you start realize, you start believing that you aren't, you don't have an abundance, that you fall into the scarcity mentality, right? And you're like, when is it going to happen to me? Or it's never going to happen to me for me. And the thing is that God doesn't say that, right? He says he has an abundance of riches for us. And that's what he shows time and time again. Um, and the thing about it too, is like what, looking at all those accounts. And I love that you did the unfollowing of all those accounts. It's so, so, so important because what's so interesting is that that only actually shows half the story. Sometimes when we see pictures, sometimes it just only shows us the perfect picture, which is not always actually true um, for what's really going on in their lives, right? And so, I mean, the, I know that sometimes too. Like in the past, I've posted images of, of our, me smiling when I was actually dealing with something really traumatic and really tough. And so sometimes you just really don't know what's going on in people's lives. Instagram, social media, it's all just half the story. Amen. Amen. It's so funny. You know, I think every once in a while it's, um, and this happens, I think a lot, I found this to be like a definite comparison struggle in marriage, like just something I've had to to fight. Um, when you're around your friends and their husbands, it's really easy to go, well, they would never fight about this or they get along all the time. Or, um, he, 
bought her this for her birthday and mine only bought me this for my birthday. I mean, like it's really easy to, to compare in that way. And the thing that has been so amazing to me is finding out that we are all in the same boat. Like it is, you know, the couples that you think are so perfect, chances are decent that they totally got in an argument on the way to dinner, like yeah, on the way to exactly. meeting you or, you know, that, that she, that, you know, he's really struggling or she's really struggling. I mean, it just, you never know. And I think that that's really what I've gotten to discover being in community as a married woman and seeing my friends get married is like, there was a minute there where none of us were really sharing like the truth about what was going on. Like the moments when we got in a fight or something like that. Now we totally share it because it's like, you know, my best friend's husband gets mad about the exact same darn things that mine does, or, you know, so like they have the same fight that we have, or we didn't, you know, argue on the way to dinner, but they did, or, but last time we did or something like that. It's just, we're all imperfect and we're all trying to figure it out. And, and I think that that's like realizing that not one single one of us is perfect and without struggle has given me so much more compassion for all women and all couples and all of my friends and everyone on social media, because I just, I I know exactly what you're saying. Like it really is only part of the story and everyone is dealing with something. It just, depends on the day and depends on what it is, you know? And it all comes back to focusing on your own garden, your own lawn, girl. It's like, just focus on your lawn. (laughs) Yes. Water that grass. (laughs) Let's just all be gardeners after this episode. We're all going to go into gardening. I really need to water those plants. (laughs) I know. You're like going to water them right after this. You're going to have thriving plants after this stuff. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the last thing I kind of want to ask you before we wrap up here is something that I it's really been on my heart because I think it stunts us so much in our singleness and that's really the topic of shame. And so I want to kind of just ask you, how do you really think that shame affects us in our singleness? So I think that shame in our singleness does really what shame is is best at. It isolates us. I think that that the message that shame gives us no matter what the shame is about is that there's something wrong with us that we should hide. That if someone sees the truth of us, they'll laugh or they'll leave. Um, and I think that that's true no matter what the thing is. One of the ways that I've seen this, I, I think this plays out in seeing this a lot because, you know, like we talked about at the beginning, like we do a bad job of talking about singleness as the church, especially, yeah. um, there's so much shame in Christian circles about, um, about singleness. And actually, you know, it's, so I, I teach a course um, that I'm working, it's uh, open right now. So I'm like totally yeah, thinking. I love it. It's so, so I, I teach a course called make the most of your single life. And, and I have, you know, I've had over 2000 women join us mm. um, in the past. And it's amazing. Like it's the courses for Christian women specifically because not because single singleness isn't hard for anybody else. It's because singleness as a Christian is such, there's, it's such a specific brand of hard. There is a lot of shame that we carry in a different way in the church about being single than any other in any other community in the world. And so that's like, I'm so passionate about talking um, about it in that context. And the thing that I've seen with this course is um, girls are hesitant to sign up sometimes because they feel ashamed that they don't have a better grasp on their singleness and their dating life um, in general. They either, they have a lot of mess in their past. They've made a lot of bad decisions or they've never been on a date. They've never been kissed. They've never been in a relationship and they feel shame about that. Um, they look at everyone else and think everyone else has this together, has, you know, knows what they're doing except for me. And everyone is just feeling not good enough and really isolated. Mm. And the thing that I have loved watching, which this is, God has done this. It is not me. I can, I totally cannot make this happen. Mm. When the women, there's a Facebook community that, that comes along with the course, when the women join the Facebook community, it is the most amazing thing to watch 
because it is just a giant course of, oh my gosh, me too. I thought I was the only one. And I think that a lot of times, you know, as, as we're watching our friends get married and get into relationships and stuff, we feel like we're the last single one. And because of that, there must be something wrong with us. But watching women light up as they get into this community of women who are in the same stage of life, who are amazing and who are, you know, in a season of singleness for X, Y, Z reason that most of the girls can totally relate to. It is just amazing. It feels like girls are like standing up taller and just something amazing happens in our hearts when we realize we're not alone. And that has just been the coolest thing to watch. And so I think that like shame, it just isolates us. It tells us there's something wrong with us. And, And I love watching people get together and tell the truth about how they're really doing, about what's really going on in their lives, about the help that they really need and finding out that they're not alone. It just, that is like the antidote to shame. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's been really, really cool to see that. And so I think that like the, whatever is going on in your life right now, I think talking to someone about it and being really honest about it, um, getting in community and, and sharing what you're going through, because I promise you, you will find out exactly what these girls are finding out you're not alone. No matter what you've done, no matter what the mess of your past looks like, whether you have a messy past or you feel like you have no past with dating, like there are other people who feel the same way you do. And and you just have to be brave enough to open up about it. But the shame like falls off when it's exposed to light like that. And it's, oh gosh, God, it's been so amazing to see God do this in these women's lives. Girl, just you saying that, I hope that anybody listening is just sinking into every single word of that, that they are not alone, that the lies of their past, that they're unworthy and unforgiven and that there is blemishes on them, that those can be completely wiped out knowing that there is a beautiful, loving God who loves them and sees them as perfect and wonderful and amazing. And whether it's women Women or men listening on this podcast, I just I just pray and hope that this is just so life giving for them to hear. Even just us talking about it to know like that both of us even have struggled with shame in the past, you know, and that they are not alone, and that um, there are others that they can bond with and seek healing from, and that above all, God loves them so deeply and intently, and that they are worthy of an incredible, beautiful love if that's um, what God has for them in their life. Oh gosh, I just, I, my biggest heart cry too is just for women and men to know that about themselves and to stand so strong being like, you know what? I do have a past and maybe it's a little messy, but I am so loved and so secure. And so, and I'm going to walk forward in victory in my life. Hey. Amen. Amen. Girl, this conversation is so fun. I love talking with you. Oh my gosh. I feel like you're just sitting in front of me and we're just having wine and pizza, you know? I, yes, absolutely. I feel like that's where the best conversations happen. And this conversation is just one of them. Friend, thank you so much for having me. Oh, girl, thank you. Okay. So I always ask every guest the same last question. It's really, really quick, but my last question for you would be, what is your final nugget of dating advice that you would have for the listeners? Okay. Um, take off the pressure, Mm. have fun with it. Um, I think that especially in Christian context, we have made dating like this crazy hard interview process where we have to know, we have to have a word from the Lord before we even make eye contact that this is our person. And like, (laughs) it just makes it so weird. Dating is fun and it's about getting to know someone and it's about, um, getting to know your, you get to know yourself better. You get to, um, like learn more about God. You get to, you know, just connect with amazing people, whether they end up being your person or not. And so like men and women alike, I think the more we can just take the pressure off of dating and go on more dates and just enjoy it. I think that that would make the process and the results so much better. 
for every single one of us. So go on dates, go on lots of them and have fun with it. Um, take off the pressure. I love it. Take off the pressure. We need to do that. We get so stuffy. It's okay to flirt. It's okay to have fun. Like take off the pressure and stop sizing the person up for like their future husband, your future husband or wife on the first date. You don't have to do that on the first date. <laughs> are you supposed to know if this person is your husband before you even know like their middle name and how many siblings they have? Know. You know, like it's a process. Let the process unfold. You'll yeah. get there. And let God do his thing. Like stop trying to control it. Yeah. I love it. Girl, you are so amazing. How can people connect with you today if they want to just find out more about you, listen to your podcast, all the things? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, so on Instagram, I'm at S May Wilson. Um, it's M-A-Y. And um, all of my links are there. All the links are in my bio for how to find my books and my podcast and my website and um, everything. And I just love Instagram. You'll you'll find me there hanging out and um, talking about and all you, kinds of relationships. And I'd you, love to meet you. You have fun Insta stories, girl. I love watching them. So everyone oh. go check out Steph. She has amazing stuff and your podcast is so much fun. So everyone has to listen. Oh man. Thanks friends. All right, girl. When you're in LA, we're doing a girl's night. We are doing it or I'm coming to Nashville and visiting you. Okay. <laughs> done and done. Let's do both. All right. Both deal. All right. Thank you so much just for all of your amazing wise wisdom today. You are absolutely incredible. Oh, thanks for having me. Okay, so can we all just agree that singleness is not a disease? I want to challenge you guys to truly think about how you can wait well in your current single lives. What could that look like for you? What kind of passionate vision could you go after? How could you be serving others more? What kind of self-awareness could you be seeking? Also, let's be real. Take advantage of that me time because those gifts of freedom and time will not last forever. I'm so grateful for all that Steph is doing to encourage others in their single lives. She's such a gift to us. Please go check out her podcast, Girls Night, and follow along with her on Instagram at at Wilson. Also, guys, I want to remind you again that we have our free webinar coming up. Woo! We are talking all about how to have a healthy, lasting Christian relationship without losing yourself, experiencing heartbreak, or loathing the process. So head on over to heartofdating.com to reserve your spot in this free training. Can't wait to see you there. I cannot be more thankful for your support of the Heart of Dating podcast. I am blown away by your rankings, reviews, messages, all of it. If you want to be a part of our inner circle and support what we are doing, we encourage you to pledge any dollar amount that you want on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heart of dating. Also, if you like this podcast, would you please consider giving us a review? It helps us immensely and we cannot thank you more. Until next time, friends.